Everybody ready? Come on, let's go. Yo, welcome to the Rick Thorne Show. I'm on the phone with, um, I don't even know where to start, man. You got so many titles. TV producer, writer, creator, um, you know, singer, frontman for uh, the Aquabats, the uh, MC Bat Commander. What up, dude? What are you doing? I don't know, man. Just just, uh, just a fat guy looking for a slice of cheese, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, do know what, I do know what you mean, dude. It's, it's, been, it's I've known you for a long time, dude, and, and I found some interesting stuff online that, like, I didn't. I didn't know about you. Okay. Uh, what is it? <laughs> you know, like the online stuff is always scary. So no, <laughs> it's find a, out. <laughs> it's all positive. I didn't know that you you acted that much, dude. Yeah. So growing up, my parents my parents met in college, and they were like actors. And so growing up um, as kids, my parents we're all about acting and you know doing the acting thing so just as little kids we were out on auditions every day and back in the you know late 70s early 80s you know the era of all the like different strokes and silver spoons and all that stuff and and uh so you know i grew up with a lot of those dudes like knowing those dudes from auditions like Corey Feldman, the Corys, and River Phoenix, and all those guys, just in LA as an acting kid, you know. So it was, it was a bit, it was a little, it was, it was a trip. I'm sure it's kind of hard to explain how it was because, but, but to me, that was just what we did as kids, you know. So that was normal. Everybody, yeah, everybody after school, ride their bikes home and go to baseball practice or whatever. I'd get in the car and go on like four or five auditions every day for like commercials or TV shows or movies. And, you know, I wasn't as successful as some of the other kids that were out there, you know, like Ricky Schroeder and all those, in you know, all those TV kids from back in the day. But I, I worked every now and then, and my sister worked and my little brother worked. So that's weird, kind of like that entertainment family i guess that well but, I, you know hey you know weird. i'll say this much dude i thought i think you're pretty successful at it because i looked at some of the shows you were in and i was like yo you are married with children that's cool yeah that was that was legit that was super fun <laughs> yeah that wait. Was fun. It was, uh, yeah go ahead no, no, I was saying you played, I, I watched it, I watched it on YouTube, you played, you like, what did you say, you came in and you said, I don't know much about cooking or something like that, and you poured all this stuff in a, in a trash bag can or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we were making like ketchup in a trash can with like powdered ketchup, you know. So, That's, it was, yeah, it was goofy, like, um, yeah, that was fun, married with children, and like that was the early days of Polly Shore, when Polly Shore was like a up-and-coming comedian, you know, his mom owned the comedy store. He was kind of like Mr. L.A., Mr. Young L.A., and he he was he played a, a part in that episode. And I think I was about 17 at the time when we did that, but, you know, that's like, for us, like, being 17 and, or 18, that was just like, that was the time, you know, the salad day. But I was skating a lot at that time, and, um, uh, Mostly skating, 
and uh, going to shows and and just acting occasionally by the time I was, you know, on Married with Children. But I remember the taping of Married with Children. I was hanging out with Mark Gonzalez and Jason Lee a lot of the time, and they came up and they were in the audience. I got them tickets to be in the audience for the taping. And uh, that's so them, rad. Like, making funny noises and being silly and stuff. So yeah, I used to roll with Jason and Mark quite a bit back in the day. Um. Anyway. No. And, and uh, that's when Jason was like, "Hey, dude, I want to get into acting and stuff." So. I introduced him to some people, and, you know, Jason Lee is the Renaissance man, you know? No way. So, that's that's totally rad. I mean, you guys, so he, he wanted to get into acting by being your bro. Like, oh, dude, this is so rad. Thanks for inviting me. I, I want to get into this stuff. And you kind of helped him get into it. Well, we were already friends, and then he, he, he we talked about it, and he's like, I want to get into this. I want to do acting, because, you know, if you know Jason, which... He, he he's super funny and hilarious and and talented and so yeah and I, I introduced him to, to some people and you know I'd known Giovanni Rizzi and his family from just going on auditions and working with them and we were friends and we'd go hang out at their house and their mom was an agent or a manager at the time she's a manager and she you know just getting to know Jason and everybody and kind of connected Jason with the right docs and got him on some auditions and you know my rats came up and he got it so awesome you were in Gleaming it's history yeah yeah Gleaming the Cube was like the door that you, opened you, it up so you yeah, knew you knew I was going for that one I was like oh cause I wrote, right. I wrote I wrote all these down I was like he was a Gleaming of the Cube too that's sick <laughs> that, that was the one man that was the one that did it for me cause I, you know I was skating a lot you know, I was acting, but I was dating in my spare time, and I uh, I worked at Val Surf too when I was fifteen, fifteen, and um, I was the skateboard tech at Val Surf, so I put all the skateboards together. And people would come and pay me to draw on their grip tape with some paint pens. You know, remember that era? Paint pen, grip tape, paint pens. Awesome. But um, so then there, they had an audition for movie Gleaming the Cube and um, it, it's funny when you're a kid actor it's still and people still do it today but sometimes when you get called for for jobs they go okay so this part is for a cowboy and you, you go to the audition and some people are literally dressed up as cowboys you know so that the casting agents can picture them as a cowboy but that doesn't really always work so I just remember getting called to go in to uh, an audition for Gleaming the Cube, a movie about skateboarding, you know, or had skateboarding in it. And I went in, I was just dressed like I normally dress them, you know, probably wearing a Powell shirt or like a Mark Gonzalez shirt or something, I don't know. But there was all these kids dressed up that I knew that they didn't skate, but they had like skateboards that looked like brand new with like, you know, red bones on them and stuff. And they had skateboards with them in at the audition. And I just thought that was weird, you know? Yeah, no, I get it, yeah. <laughs> I actually skated, and they were, like, dressing up as a skateboarder, you know? This is what, kind of like, what? Is that where the term so poser, going, poser came from? Like, posing yeah, that's right, I think. And so I was kind of like, man, these guys are all cute. These guys are posers. <laughs> I mean, obviously, 
I, I was as well, but I went on the audition and, and they said, you know, you're a little young, Kristen. And I said, you know what? Um, and they had, they said they were going to have Stacy Peralta be the second unit director. And that, that was like when the Bones Brigade was like so big, it was going off, you know? And, right. Um, I said, tell you what, let me, give me a call back. Let me, let me meet with Stacy and I'll reason with him about why I should get this part. Cause I really wanted the part, you know, working with Stacy Peralta and Bones Brigade guys would be like a dream come true. So. So I got a call back, and the call back Stacey was in there, and they're like, Christian, we like you, we like your read, but you just seem kind of young. And I'm like, Stacy, let's talk, let's chat. You know in every crew, like in every skate crew, there's always a glom, there's always the young guy. There's always the little dude. And he started laughing, he's like, that's true. I'm like, I'm the perfect, I'm the perfect glom for this movie. You don't have any other gloms that can skate, and he was like, he started laughing. He's like, all right, dude, you got it. So, awesome. Um, I, I talked my way into that part, and that was rad because that basically ruined my high school career, but I got to basically for eight weeks, I got, I got, I bailed out of school. I was supposed to go to school on set, but I took this um, California proficiency test so I didn't have to actually go on school on set. You know, I took this high school diploma equivalency or whatever so uh, I could just skate and we just skated every day and we, like I think the actual times we were in front of the camera maybe we were like four or five days maybe a week but we spent eight weeks just skating it was like Tony Hawk and Tommy Guerrero um Lance Mountain came around sometimes Nodis um you know, like a bunch of guys. Christian Hussoy was there because Max, the other guy in the movie, was really good friends with Christian. So we all got to, like, just skate free and hang out and be goofy for, like, weeks and weeks and weeks. And I'm here, I'm, like, 15 years old, you know? Like, I'm supposed to be in school and I'm just skating every day with these guys. So I got to be really good friends with them during that time. And, of course, the movie was just this crazy clunker of, like, what is this movie, you know? But... But it was, for me, that was like, it really opened the door for me as far as skateboarding went because I got to be friends with those guys and then I got to go to contests and not necessarily enter, but just be there, you know? Right. Be kind of like... And anyway, that, that was rad. I, that was for me. And that's how I got into skating. And I mean, I was already into skating, but I kind of got into the industry and then I started working with Mark and Jason and worked with them on the blind video. Anyway, lots of weird things kind of opened up for me at that time. So. No, that's awesome. It was like, yeah, 87, 88, 89-ish. So we're so, about so we're about the same age. I graduated in eighty seven. I was seventeen. So you were if you were you were about sixteen. You said so. We're about the same age. Yeah, I, I would have graduated in ninety. That's when I would have graduated. But I, I like to left high school. I think in eighty six or eighty seven. Yeah. Eighty seven, I think. Dude, you were too ripping you were too busy ripping on the set, bro, for that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, okay, and I think that's rad, dude, because you became friends with all those guys and you skated. What a dream, dude, especially as a sixteen year old. Um there's a couple more though. Yeah, and then ask once you. the movie was yeah, once the movie was over, I didn't go back to school. I just 
I just stayed out of school and I would just go skate every day, sometimes by myself. You know, I'm, you know, growing up in L.A., at that time, skating and BMX, like, on the streets was a little bit dodgy because, you know, there's lots, there's lots of gang dudes around and they, people hitting you up, like, where you from? And, you know, but that was our passion. Like, that's what we wanted to do. We just wanted to skate. So. Oh, yeah, at that time, you, it was you, like... You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, at that time, it was like you were still considered an outcast, you know what I mean? So you were like, oh, yeah. like there's a skater, let's yeah. get him, or there's a biker, get him. And you're like, yeah, right. right. Yeah, no. Exactly. And particularly like the three color days of L.A., I mean, there's a reason they made that movie colors. It's because there was so much gang activity going on, like in all the neighborhoods in L.A., it seemed like. Before Colors came out, and then once Colors came out, of course, it exploded a little bit, even bigger, kind of. But then there's a lot of posers, and then, I don't know, it kind of, cops kind of clamped down a little bit, but, which was good, but for, for skaters and people that rode bikes and stuff, you're, you're kind of charged. You had to be at a skate spot, and some, like, cars would pull up, and a bunch of dudes would jump out with pipes, you know, and you'd just start running, you, you know, like, get out, run, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do know. I do know. And it, it's it's wild. It, when you when I think back on it, it's kind of wild because it's like anything, it seems like when anything's different, when people don't understand it, they're like, let's just destroy this thing. We don't know what it is. Ah, they're different. You know what I mean? Like, that's right. kind of how we felt. Like, but we never, as you probably didn't stop, we didn't stop. We were like, whatever, bring it. Um, hey, there's a couple no, other. No, if anything, that made, that made it more attractive. Like, it, it kind of, you know, as a teenager, as a kid, I, mean, I think that's like, Punk and you know, I don't want to say extreme sports because that's kind of tired. But skating and, and and riding bikes and all that stuff, they kind of mix well with that age. That age of where you're, you're kind of like you feel like the whole world begins to you, and right. you just want to do your thing. You want to be independent, and it, it resonates, I think, through generations as well because. You know, my son, he's 17, and his, all his favorite bands are like my favorite bands growing up. So, you know, he's like, he's so into the Gorilla Biscuits right now because they just got back together, and he's, you know, Descendants, Minor Threat, all that stuff. My son is way into it, and I, I didn't really push it on him, but he's just into it, I think, because it's like that perfect kind of rebel music, like us against the world kind of a thing, you know? Whereas, and I, and I like that, I like that, but he's into that a little bit. That's so, awesome. There needs to be people, I think there needs to be people in our world that want to go against the grain because that's where good stuff happens. Like, that's where all the, the cool stuff happens. I, I, I think that's my opinion. I, I agree with you, and you know that's rad. Your son's into Minor Threat and Gorilla Biscuits. That's sick. And and I'll tell you this much: back <laughs> in the day with us, I actually liked it. Like. Like the fact that you didn't like like what I was doing, I actually didn't bother. I mean, it it wasn't like we I was doing. You know, you know what I mean, dude. Like it's not like you're riding or skating or doing whatever, just trying to be an ex- accepted. You're doing your thing, and it's like, oh, you don't like it. Oh well, too bad. I'm gonna still do it yeah. anyway. So that's kind of the attitude that's I've right. always had. Like, bring it. Those those chases were fun. You never caught her ass. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, you, I mean, you, you got jumped, and then it wasn't cool. But that didn't make me want to quit skateboarding. It didn't make me want to quit punk rock or whatever I was into, you know, it, it just made me want to fight harder, you know, so, yeah, fight back, you know, believe, believe it, believe in what you, what you love, and, 
Um, hey, there's a couple other movies I'm going to ask you about because I had a crush on this girl forever. I, uh, Molly Ringwald. You were in Pretty in Pink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was did you get one. to hang yeah. out? Did you get to hang out with her? Yeah, because she's only like I think a year or two years older than me. She's only a couple years older than me, and I think I was, I was in eighth grade at the time. And she, so she was a freshman, no sophomore in high school. Yeah, sophomore. And you, you know when you when you're a kid, after you, you have to take your schoolwork with you and do schoolwork on set. Unless you have paperwork saying you're emancipated or or you have, you've graduated, which I did for going to the cube, but for pretty and think I was still younger. Got out of school for a week to go shoot down in Santa Monica at this fake record store that they made up, kind of on the promenade there, you know. And uh, right, Molly Molly Ringwald was still in high school, so we hung out in school like three four hours every day, um, doing schoolwork together and chatting and talking and it was a bit of a trip and I was like a little kid you know I was just a little kid but you know for me I was like oh man she's hot you know sitting two <laughs> chairs away from her and her asking me questions was pretty pretty insane you know but but the best thing about it was when the movie came out there was this girl that I thought was super cute and I asked her if she wanted to go to the movies with me and she's like okay so I took her to the movie and she didn't know that I was in the movie and then like <laughs> I uh, came on the screen and she was like wait what <laughs> oh my gosh Tony so that was a full like good move on my part that's we did for a little while after that <laughs> it wasn't instant, it wasn't one date one and done. It was we had a few dates after that. <laughs> yeah, right. It was like it was like every every day. Let's hang out. What other movie you are in? You filming? Ah. Exactly. Then I was like, yeah, well, we we should break up now. Yeah, it's time to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. You I'm like me, bro? I'm not gonna do it. I'm over it. You know, if you want to see me, you can see me on the big screen, babe. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if you would like me before you knew I was famous, I would like you for <laughs> No, but my partner pretty in pink was so small. I just like walk up the street, get shot with a staple gun, and just run off the street. But definitely memorable, you know, working with all those guys, John Hughes and uh, Annie Potts was amazing. I mean, I, I really, Molly Ringwald was cute, but when we were on set, Annie Potts was, she had her, those Liberty Spikes and that. Wait, say that again? Final. You know Annie Potts, the, the, she was the one that worked in the record store. She she like owned the record store. Vividly, like she would. What's that? No, I, not not too much. I mean, if I saw the movie, I'd be like, oh, okay, I remember. But I was all yeah. like, you she, know. But she was hot. She was hot for sure. That was the one I was like, whoa, schoolboy crush. Yeah, you're like Molly, Molly, whatever. But yo, what up, girl? What's up, thirty year old lady? What's up, 30-year-old lady? I'm eight. No, I'm kidding. Uh, hey, were you in All in the exactly. Family, too? So, All in the Family had a spinoff show called Gloria. And the daughter on All in the Family, was her character was named Gloria, played by Sally Struthers. And they did a spinoff show called Gloria. And I played her son on that show for a couple seasons. So, yeah, that was another one. That was, that was a really cool experience, too. I got to work with 
you know, Burgess Meredith, the Penguin, and Mickey from Rocky, who was a regular on the show. Oh, you play with Mickey? Yeah, oh. Mickey. Hey, Rock! Rock, get up, Rock! Yeah, he, he was a cool old guy, for sure. There is no tomorrow! There is no tomorrow! Um, <laughs> That's right. I'm just impressed, dude. I mean, I can go on and on and on. I, I saw you play like a Marine where the dude's drilling you. Like you're, uh, I, I watched, I watched this stuff online. It's pretty cool. I, 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 I just know you from MC Bat Commander, bro. And like, but, but there is one movie that me and you are in together. I don't know if you know that or not. Wait, what? <laughs> it's the box office smash, bro. Punk Rock Holocaust 2. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot, <laughs> forgot all about that. From Warped Tour. Yeah, I, got, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, I got, I got. I'm kind of, ner- I'm kind of nervous to watch it again. <laughs> Dude, your part was so epic. I think either I cut my head off or someone cut my head off, or I don't remember, but it was epic. Yeah, we all got our heads cut off, right? They did. They did. All of us. Yeah, Doug. Doug, who made that movie, was a big fan of Aquabats, and he was at a bunch of shows, and he would always be there. He got like a crazy Aquabats tattoo, and this was like back in the '90s when it was like. Getting tattoos was still really like a big deal. I mean, it is a big deal. You're putting ink in your skin, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like, when yeah. people first started getting tattoos back in the 80s and 90s, you know, at, at those times, not a lot of people had tattoos. So for him to get a tattoo of the Aquabat was a big deal, like back in the day. Yeah, it was and, like, um, dude, I know a guy that has a tattoo. And they're like, no way. You know, like, yeah. 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 Are you kidding me? What? Because we've only been a fan for a few years at that time and he got an Aquabat tattoo and he asked it to be in the, in the punk rock holocaust thing and he shot it at Warp Tour, right? He was like doing it at the Warp Tour, like just going around. And yeah. But he's, I think he's working for Trauma now or he worked with Trauma for a long time, the guys that did Toxic Avenger and Kabuki, Sergeant Kabuki Man, all those like funny movies, uh, classic Newcomb High. Remember, remember all those movies? Like, yeah. Those little the cult, cult, cult classics—they turn into these classics. I mean, it was fun. I mean, it was it was on Warp Tour, and like, uh, it was cool. I mean, hey man, you know, it's it's always always fun. Um, do you do you still do uh, go out on auditions, or do you still pursue acting um, if you have something to come up, or if someone's like, hey, might know you in the industry and say, hey, like, would you want to be in this part? Would you do it? I would do. I would totally do it. I would love to do acting again. I just. The audition process is, is, is kind of soul-sucking, it, it, and, it, it, and as a father, I'm a dad, like, I just don't have time to go on auditions, like, every day. It's kind of like gambling, you know? It's like, I kind of feel like maybe doing uh, lottery scratchers would be a better idea, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. In some ways. Because you just, it's just such a it's such a grind that it's so hard. It's really competitive too. Like everyone wants a job, but if someone called and said, "Hey, Christian, I think you'd be great for this part," I would do it in a heartbeat. I'd love to. It's it's super fun, I, and you know, of course, doing the acrobat is like acting in a way too, because I'm pretty much pretending that I can sing, and I'm pretty much pretending I can. I'm a I'm a, I'm a front man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah no you're awesome dude i mean that's what i was going to get into is like you know with the aquabats do you think that like all those years of acting um helped create like your vision with aquabats and able to perform and entertain the way you do you know what i mean because like not every band 
can not every band not every band is that uh has that much personality you know and like you're you've been layered super a lot of creativity in your work do you think that all do you think being an actor helped stem some of that like like create some of that i mean i'm sure it did i'm sure it helped a little bit i'm sure i'm sure it did but what's weird is i think you know even skateboarding or punk rock or like watching other bands like bad brains or minor threat like i think those type of things helped maybe even more because I got to see a lot of cool bands back in the day, and I never saw Minor Threat, but I did see Bad Brains, Went Descendants, all those bands, you know, shit. a lot of those bands play Circle Jerks, and you, you know? Yeah. So I think seeing that, like, being part of the, like, I guess, latter end of the punk explosion, I think that influenced it a lot, because I just wanted to be like those guys. And, you know, like, you sing in a band, like, you just get the mic and you just want to be a star at these actual things it's just so crazy you know what I mean it's yeah so, it's so it, I, I don't know the music is it just brings it out of you but I also have a, a healthy sense of myself and I know that I'm just some goofy white dude and so be, wearing a costume helps me like kind of adjust a little bit <laughs> if that makes sense right because I think if I was just me I would feel like I'm not important enough to be here and do this, just me personally, you know? Right. But if I'm the back commander, I'm some dumb character, like some stupid rubber helmet guy, like, hey, everybody, it, it, it makes it more goofy and fun and, like, less serious, you know? Right. Like, I'm making fun of, I'm, I'm making fun of myself before anyone can make fun of me, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know. Like defense, defensive mechanism. So I think acting definitely helps, but I think it's more of a love of music. You know, if you love right. music and you love those bands, why not pick up the mic or pick up the guitar and just go for it? Like, do what you like. Just have fun. Like, well, I might, I might, I might have said that the wrong way because I, I know that you take the music serious and and. And uh, and and everything and no and everything that you do, I didn't mean that. I just meant like being just so so layered, like with just being you know in front of a, uh, and uh, being being in that position of, of filming a movie and being on the set, and then obviously yeah, the punk rock and the skating brought it all together. It's just it's just I mean you've created something that's really cool that not a lot of people can do, and like uh, I find it amazing. And I was just blown away that you had all this this whole acting career that I really didn't know about. And I'm just like, wow, like, mashed it all together, and then you get the Aquabats. Fucking cool. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and the Aquabats was something just that was kind of grew out of just something fun and, like, hey, let's just have fun. Right. Just like skateboarding. And I guess, you know, some people started skateboarding or, or, you know, riding bikes, and it just became their passion, and they got really good at it, and... They just kept doing it, and then they turned pro or whatever. And I think that's just kind of a similar thing with the Aquabats. I, I don't know if we're really good at it, but I think we just ha had a lot of fun doing it, and we just kept doing it. And it just here we are, twenty five years later, we're still doing it, and I, and we don't have a huge audience. We we have a lot of really diehard fans, but we're not like a household name. There's still a lot of people that have never heard of the Aquabats. Which is fine with me, you know. But that's fine, whatever. I think, but I, but you know what? I think there is a lot more than you think because with all the TV shows and stuff, man. I mean, you know what I mean? Like kids, kids learned about you guys, don't you? Th I mean, don't you think maybe they learned about you guys too through the TV show, and then they're like, 
oh wow, oh wow, we can actually go see these guys play. That, that... Yeah, and, and that, I think that's definitely the beauty of the TV show is that we kind of knew that we were never going to be a radio band or get airplay, so we always thought, well, if we could just do a really fun TV show to show people what it's all about, then I think that would that would help, and it has, it really has. But the TV show, you know, we go into all the markets now where we go play, and there's just as many little kids there as there are, like, old punker dudes, you know, so... That's, that's pretty awesome. You know, and, you, you know, you brought your kids and they jumped on giant inflatable pieces and that's, that's rad. It's just a rad, fun time, you know, so. It is, I mean. TV show definitely helped. The TV shows helped for sure. I mean, I remember you said, you asked me to come to San Diego to ride my bike on stage and like, you guys sell out the House of Blues, dude. It was sick. I look out of the crowd and everybody's got your gear on and like, it's a pretty fun show, dude. If, if, if. Anyone listening, if the Aquabats are ever in your area, definitely go. And you guys, you guys like brought out the piece of pizza, and you had my son like stage dive on the pizza, and then you like took him around the crowd, dude. He still remembers that stuff, dude. He was hyped. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's super fun. What, what, what year did you start Aquabats again? 94. 94. So it was 25 years ago this year, which is crazy. That's crazy. That is right? crazy. That is crazy. Because again, it's ne- it was never intended to be like a full time job or or a career, but it just kind of turned into that, you know. So, in some ways, I can see, you know, like your career too. Like you started riding bikes, like you just were doing it for fun, or skateboarding, or like Tony, you know, they just were skating because it was fun. And then it became a career. So, yeah. you know, in a, in a lot of ways, the Aquabats is similar. It wasn't something like, okay, we're going to start a band, we're going to write hit songs, and people are going to love us and pay us lots of money. And it, it was just never was like that. It was always like, hey, what could we get away with at a show? <laughs> you know, how, how much how much food could we bring into the show and have a food fight? If I, we're just trying to have fun with our friends and, and just be silly and it's kind of worked out a little bit. So now, now our kids are into it, and it's a new generation, and that's that's great. You know, great. It's awesome. How did the idea come about for Aquabats? Um, you know, we had a bunch of friends that were in bands, and I was playing in a band with my roommate at the time too. It was kind of more of a like punk band, and I thought I was in another band with a friend of mine that was kind of a shoegazing band, and we we had. You know, we had a lot of friends that were playing in bands, and we we all had like we did a show together. And at the at the end of the show, it was at, it was a house party. We said, "Hey, you know, let's all like start a band together. Let's pull our pull all our bands together and create one just giant ridiculous ska band because ska was kind of like a thing in Orange County at the time. It was like a big scene and." We weren't hating on the scene. We thought it was fun, but we weren't, like, trying to be ska dudes either. You know, we were, like, I didn't own a scooter. I didn't have a suit necessarily for skying it up. You know, you know what right, I'm saying? Right, right. <laughs> so we were like, let's just be ridiculous. And our buddy Boyce worked at Alita Wetsuit. He came to the first practice, and he brought these rubber helmets. And he was like, I made these at work today. <laughs> In my spare time, with rhythm as the band, like Devo, you know. So it just was kind of one of those things with just a bunch of surfer skaters being dorks and 
putting our band together and trying to do ska for fun, you know, not because not we thought it was cool, but just because we thought it was fun, you know. And so we did it, and the people liked it, and then we did it again, and then the costumes changed, and eventually it kind of became a thing. So it was definitely like an organic process, I think. But like making fun of superheroes was something that we, we always thought superheroes were ridiculous, but but also we liked them. Like I, lo- I loved reading comics and all that stuff too as a kid, and who knew that would be like, the biggest thing in the world 20 years later either you know who knew who knows exactly you never know yeah you know? crazy like if you would have told me that the Avengers would be the biggest movie in the world it would have been sixth grade I would have laughed like just like yeah right get out of here jerk you know <laughs> <You're> making fun <laughs> of me <laughs> yeah just let me read my comic book leave me alone that's right you quit lying to me yeah, great life. Oh, they'll recycle, <laughs> but they'll recycle it over and over and over and over and over and over again. You know that the superheroes always do. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So you know, I think someone has to make fun of them, and uh, that's us in a, in a fun way. Yeah, in a fun way. You don't have to be mean about it, but you know, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. That's cool. It seems like everything you've done is just started from an like organic, fun place, like an expressional, like to express yourself, skating, music. You know, um, when did when did you when did you decide like, hey Let's turn Aquabats into a TV show. Well, so we, early on, um, I, I kind of saw that it was going to be hard to sustain, um, you know, because we had some a little bit of radio play with K-Rock, and, but between our ridiculous outfits and, like, the kind of stigma over ska itself, like the ska thing, not that necessarily we were a ska band, but we were playing a lot of ska songs, you know, ska type songs. Right. I just thought that I like that that kind of thing was. It, I could tell with radio promoters and DJs, they, they just thought it sucked. You know, they were like, "This is you guys are dumb." You, you know, I could just tell. Like, wait, they thought you, you know, sucked. Kevin, they thought you sucked. Yeah, yeah, we did, and and because the kind of ska thing, like, right. I, I honestly think that like, like the whole like new metal thing grew out of a little bit of a backlash because like you know Dow came in and Sublime and it was just kind of like you know then some of the smaller small bands started getting popular and I could just tell like a lot of the radio disc jockeys and things were bummed like this is not cool you know right <laughs> this is too this is too fruity and they so, wanted to play Phil Collins instead yeah, I think so. I think, or, or, or like, you know, or like, you know, Leonard Skinner or whatever. Just anything but, anything but God. So I, we, I started thinking, man, we got to do something else to keep this going. I'm like, what, like, what if we made a TV show and made ourselves like these characters and we were just stupid superheroes that drove around like Scooby-Doo and, and stumbled onto mysteries and things like that. And we thought of that like early on, like this was like 96. We started floating it around that we were going to do a TV show. And so at the time, there was no social media or it was just kind of word of mouth. And we started getting some phone calls from some networks like Disney and Nickelodeon. And they wanted to know what we what we were doing because they had heard about it, which was funny because just word of mouth 
I'm surprised anything ever got done back then. <laughs> I know, <laughs> right? social media and things like that, you know. So, and then, you know, we got we had to deal with Disney in 97. We did a pilot that didn't really go anywhere. And uh, and then we, we shelved it for a few years, the, the, the show idea, just because people weren't really picking up on it. And this was at the dawn of reality TV when, like, real world was really hot. Right. So everyone was like, you should, I should do a reality show, do a reality show. And we were like, no way, like, no way. <laughs> it, this has to be fake. You know, this has to, the only way this is going to work is if it's like the old school Batman, you know. Like, where, where <laughs> it's, like, it's super fake, you, you know. Right. Because that, otherwise, it's like, why, why, is this, why is this cool? Like, the reality of it is not that cool. <laughs> but something, something fake is good. <laughs> and, and so... And so, you know, then, you know, I got married in the meantime. I, I started having kids with my wife and a buddy of mine as well had kids and we were watching shows with our kids and we're thinking about how are we going to get the Aquabat show made and we just came up with this other idea like, you know what, let's, let's make a show for our kids, like little kids, and that's where the idea for Yo Gabba Gabba came. Sick. Is, uh, so we'd already been trying to do Aquabats for years as a show, and then we just realized, well, hey, maybe we should just do something for really little kids and and kind of repackage some of the Aquabats vibe and put it into the show, and that's where Yo Gabba Gabba came out of. And, Which was an amazing really, show. Amazing show. My kids yeah, love it. Yeah. We had, we had a great run with that, too. We did five years and uh, four seasons, and it was, it was like time of our lives. It was so fun, and our kids grew up kind of coming to the set and checking stuff out and a lot of the songs and things that came out of that show were pretty much inspirations that we got from home like our kids not eating vegetables or our kids don't want you know they don't want to take a nap or you know all those things that we, as a parent you deal with we just would write songs about it you know like don't bite your friends <laughs> <laughs> wait what's the one yeah, dude. We I, you, you, actually, you invited us. Uh, I called you, and and my kids came down to the set one day to see to meet everybody. Yeah, that's right. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like they were stoked. So the impact that that show had they on kids. They were so kids. little then. They were so little. And they were so shy. I remember. I remember like they were just kind of real, like you know, shy. But at one point in time, like I was like, "Yo, put to one of the to one of the characters, like, yo, put your." Put your mask on. My kids are coming. Like they come around the corner and they see one over there. That's right. Hurry, quick, get them on. Get them on. Get them on, dude. That's, right. That's funny. Yeah, it was yeah. cool. What, you know. what a successful uh, career you've had, though. I mean, on the real, like yo, yo, Gabba Gabba was awesome. And so, what you're saying is that that led you, that opened the door to say, well, what else do you got, bro? What else do you got? And you go. That's, exa That's exactly it. Right. So what Gabba was a really, it was an international hit. It went really well. People were like, what else have you got? And we had the Aquabats. Like, well, here's this Aquabat show. <laughs> we didn't have to think too hard, you know. We had it ready. And what was rad was at that point, we kind of got carte blanche to do whatever we want. And, and so, you know, when we did the Disney pilot for the Aquabats back in the 90s, we had to compromise a lot. That's kind of how the industry is, if you know what I mean. They're like, hey, we love your idea, and we'd love to change it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like we want we want our fingerprints all over this, and because of this success, then we as executives get to climb the ladder. 
you know, that's kind of how they're thinking. They're yeah, we get thinking, to like, we get to claim it, right? Yeah, that's right. So what was rad about GABA is we did it independently. We did it punk rock. We made it ourselves, and then we took it into the network, and we got we got we got this. Oh, well, this is great! Just do it. And so we got to do whatever we wanted. And so when when it came to making the Aquabats show. We finally got the chance to do what we wanted because, again, the, the initial pilot we did for Disney was just, it was, we felt it had been compromised by, you know, a lot of factors, a lot of cooks. And so by making the Aquabats exactly how we wanted to, we felt like, you know, even if it didn't catch on and it wasn't the biggest show in the world, we felt like it was a huge success because it was exactly what we wanted to do and we, we got kids to like it. Kids loved it. You know, like, at that point, we were like, are kids going to even like this, you know, chubby old superheroes? But they do, because we're just big, dumb dads, you know, big, dumb dads, like, getting hurt and beat up by monsters. Like, you know, you have kids, like, your kids laugh the hardest when you're getting beat up or you get get, get hit in the nest with a ball or something, you know? Like, they, they love that. So, oh, they so still that do like, that. They still do that, man. Yeah. The, the, the dad gets hurt, that's the funniest thing in the world, so... We made the Aquabats just like just getting worked every episode. We just get beat up, people throw rocks at us, or we're on the ground getting whipped, or whatever it is, you know. So anyway, it, that turned out good. It was fun. It turned out awesome. And and did you write a lot of the a lot of this? Uh, you know, did you write the majority of it, or was it like a collaboration with the whole band? Or yeah, um, yes, yes, and yes. So I wrote a lot of the episodes, but the band collaborated and wrote episodes and songs and it was kind of a dream come true because we just got a room of all of our friends together and the band and we just started writing episodes together and and that's where a lot of the like crazier weird stuff would happen because you just have a room full of your buddies and just you know you're making stuff up on the spot and and it's just all bringing it all together you know and I think on that end myself and my partner Jason on the show we, we were kind of like I, I guess a final say but for the most part it was everybody pitching in and having fun and, Bring you know it. we, we try we try to be real open with ideas because I feel like there's not really any bad ideas there's just um, bad timing you know right Maybe someone's idea didn't work in this episode, but it would work in the next one. Or maybe you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. So, and, and did you find you did you find yourself uh, booking more gigs and tours after that uh, after the TV show came out? Yes, yeah, yeah, and the audience grew, like of course for the band, and then then it just got hard to be a regular band too because there was other things we had to do, like. You know, you're doing pressers for the TV show, or you're going to Comic Con and doing panels, and, and then you're trying to tour. And so, writing albums became really, really hard. In fact, we haven't released a new album necessarily. I mean, there's the TV show soundtrack and so like that. We haven't put a new record out since 2011, so almost almost 10 years. <laughs> wow. Do you guys do Do you guys think that that happened? To put out a new record soon? We're, we're working on it right now. We're literally writing songs. I'm supposed to go in the studio today and lay down some tracks, you know? 
<laughs> exactly. So do you do you think with the success of the show that people wanted to see MC Bat Commander more than like the band or like or the other characters in the in the in the in the band uh, as like the character from TV and then you had all that extra work? Is that what you were saying earlier that like just more and more layered stuff, right? Yeah, and also once the show ended production, we all had to kind of scramble and get other jobs. You know, that's the other thing people don't always realize is like, oh, you, you're on TV, so you're rich, but not not necessarily, man. Like once the shows were over, we had to go find new jobs. And I've been hustling, trying to find work as a director and pitch new ideas and shows. And the other guys all have separate jobs, so and because they have families to, you know, we got families to feed. We can't. You know, it's not, there's never, it doesn't, unless you're like Bill Gates or something, there's no like, you know, I'm just going to like hang out and figure out what I want to do next. Like, that's a luxury that not many people have, even in the industry. It's like, you got to keep swimming or the shark dies, you know? Yeah, you got to keep and reinventing, so, keep reinventing yourself, man. That's the key to all of it. It's like, just keep. That's true. You know, a good friend of mine told me once that like, when you're in the middle of a project or a tour, you enjoy it, but at the same time, you got to stay two steps ahead of your thinking of like, what's next? Because once this is over, what are you going to do after this is over? And it's just like, you feel like you're jumping from one lily pad to the next constantly, you know? At least I do. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. And you, you, know, you know, like, you love having fun. I love having fun. Like that's, that's like our, that's how we stay alive, really. But in order to like have fun, you also, we also think we got to pay the bills. We got to pay the bills. We got to take care of your kids. There's, there's other responsibilities that kind of are, they, they come first, you know. And so, when you're looking at your next project, you sometimes you're just looking like, what can I do to pay the bills first, and then then I'll figure out how to have fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, if I'm just doing work for hire stuff, I still try to have as much fun as possible. I still try to skate at least a couple times a week. And, and I, it feels weird even saying that because as a kid, it's like I would skate every day, you know, for hours. Right. Six, seven hours a day, just nothing but skateboarding. And, and now it's like maybe a couple times a week, you know, definitely once a week if I'm lucky. So it's it's just one of those things you got to prioritize as you get older. And again, in, in this business, there's no sleeping. You can't just. I'm going to take a year off. That would be awesome, but I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, but, right? but but I don't think you're the type of person. I mean, I don't know from what I take of you. I, you might not even be the type of person like me that would even want to. I don't think I would want to take a year off because I'd be just like, I just love what I do, man. I'd say, ah, ah, That's you know, That's you true. know, yeah, it's just so hyper. Uh, yeah. We need to do a photo shoot or a video or something where we're in a pool together, bro. Yes. Skating. Like, like. MC Bat Commander meets the biker in black. You know what I mean? Let's do it. You know what I mean? Like, it would be sick, dude. Just for fun or a photo or anything. I don't know if you're ever filming. Just just keep this out there, you know? Also, I wanted to ask you what's next with the show. So, we did a Kickstarter. I was just going to say that. So, we did a Kickstarter to do more episodes for the show because people, there was a big demand for the Aquabat show and people were like, where's the show? Why can't we watch it? And, we weren't getting a lot of um, bites from the networks, you know. They'd all known about it, but the, the thing we kept hearing was, oh, well, it's an older property, and, you know, people have already seen it, so we just want to do new stuff. And, and I'm like, really? Like, new stuff? Like Spider-Man, you know? <laughs> really? An older property? You're, you're like, 
throwing shade on us as an older property, but you're making like 17 Spider-Man movies. You know, you know what I mean? Wait, Spider-Man? I've never heard of this guy. What does he do? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But that's what I thought is the irony of this business is like, yeah, you know, we're we're uh, we're looking at newer properties. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> We're just we're gonna do a new strawberry shortcake movie or yeah yeah we're we're gonna do a Pokemon movie. I heard I heard oh, the Care Bear Care Bears one's coming out. It's gonna be sick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, we you know we had a demand for the TV show. Where's the TV show? We go play shows for years, and people were like, "We want more episodes." So finally, I I, I was the one kind of holding it back because I didn't really want to do Kickstarter. I always felt like Kickstarter it just kind of seems like digital panhandling a little bit. Like, <laughs> hey, uh, we need your money. You know what I mean? I guess because I'm from the old school and I, again, feel like asking people for money is just kind of insulting to them. Right. But, and people talked me into it, but no, that's what people, these fans, they want, they want it. They want to pay for it and they want to be a part of it. And to me, that made sense. It's like, oh, okay. These people love something and they want to be a part of it. I get it. So we did a Kickstarter. We raised a ton of money to do 12 new episodes and two new albums. And all of our fans chip in and now be a part of it. And now they're part of like the production and they get their names in the credits. And it's just like a cool thing, you know. And a lot of our fans got to pay to be in episodes that they pay help pay for. And it's just been this rad community thing that I think I look at those crowdfunding things a lot differently now, whereas before I, I kind of thought it was a little bit of awkward, you know, it was an awkward act. But anyway, we shot 12, we shot nine new episodes, I 12, they're going to air on YouTube, uh, kids are watching YouTube a lot more, and dude, we got to give you in an episode. I would, I would love, to, I would love to. That's why I was throwing it out there. That like, I know dudes that like have permission pool. This is just an idea, and we'll talk about it later. I, I, you know, like like pools or or any any anything, bro. Anything would be rad. Um, but I'm I'm just let me know because I'm always down. And pools or not a pool or a skate park or do you, whatever or, or whatever you want, dude. It would be awesome, I'm, and I would be honored. Yeah, I still I still haven't rolled into the bowl yet. The new uh, park at Huntington. I'm, I've kind of been working my way up to that a little bit because I don't want to just starve. Like, I want to sit in there and grind, and I just got to work my legs up to it a little bit because, you know, I'm I'm almost 50, so I'm getting older. (laughs) Damn. Wait, yeah, I want to be 50 this year, bro, so I feel your pain. Yeah. You're half century old. Bro, we're, bro, we're so tough, bro. We could go another 50, bro. Easy. You know what's funny is when you were saying you did the Kickstarter and you were like, yeah, and all these kids, you know, and now they could be part of it and this, this. You said, so we raised a lot of money for the Kickstarter. And then I was like, later, I'm going on vacation for a year. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think exactly. that's what some people do in Kickstarters. And they start them for everything, dude. Like, like I get it, dude. You need money. I get it. But like, dang, dude, like I got two kids. I'm trying to make it over here. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, no, I feel you, and that's why I was really hesitant about even doing it. Yeah, but the, but you know, again, the fans kind of talked us into it and said, "No, we want to be part of it." And and, and I think what people don't realize is, so say you raise five hundred thousand dollars, you know, mo- most of that raise or more than half of that raise is going to fulfill rewards. You know, like people bought with this package, they got a T-shirt, a TV. 
uh, this or that, a digital download. So it takes money to, you know, to make all that stuff. And right. Special order costumes and this. It's like a huge undertaking just to pay people back for money that they paid us, you know, basically to market or manufacture all that stuff that they that they paid for. So that's been a big thing that we've been working on and trying to get done and make sure that everyone's happy. But but I hear you, like, that's what I thought, like, man, you just give people money, they're just going to bail. They're just going to bail on you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, but we, we've, been try- we've been making sure that people know that, you know, we've got their back and that we've got their stuff coming and we're working on it and it, it isn't it isn't that easy to just, you know, turn it around because I think you only really get to use about 40% of what you raise to, to make to make what you want to make. So it's, yeah. been, it's been pretty eye-opening. It's been pretty eye-opening. But, but, but one of the rewards, Tony, uh, Tony Hawk offered uh, like a day, a skate day with the bat commander at his house like in his backyard. Sick. So we're going to, one of these days, we're going to go down to Tony's and do his backyard park and you should come. You should come. You're, you're friends with Tony, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I would love to come down when you guys are there. That would be sick. Yeah, no, um, that park's pretty fun. I've stayed with before. Yeah, he's, yeah, Tony's the best, dude. He's the raddest dude. Um, that's rad though. So you, so you got so you got to go on. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for all that, dude. Just to ride with you guys, skate with you guys for your show, whatever, uh, whatever's clever, bro. I'm definitely down, and I'm stoked that I had a chance to talk to you, and I, I, I uh, didn't know all this stuff, and I, I don't know. I just think it's pretty cool that you're. I like people that are multi-talented. I mean, you know, that do a lot of different things, and you're a pretty creative, dude, and I admire it. So. Uh, Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, you yeah, too, bro. bro. Thanks, bro. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a Kickstarter for a couple noodles the rate this shit's going. I'll be like, yo, I need a Kickstarter <laughs> for a couple noodles. <laughs> you know no, I mean? but, but, you're, but people that are like your friends and your fans, it, it's interesting to see through those like people that step up and say, yeah, dude, I'm totally down to help out the cause because we love it. And people love what you do and um, I'm yeah. sure... It would, it would be successful, whatever you wanted to do. That, that's what's weird about this new generation is pe- people are used to getting stuff immediately, you know, paying for something and getting it the next day, and, or sometimes even the same day. Um, right. So with music and entertainment, it's getting to be more and more like that, where people want something specific. Like, I want more Aquabat, or, you know, I want... I wanted Rick to do his own show or, you know, whatever it is, people, people will pay for it. They, they dig it. So yeah, well, it's you're, pretty interesting. It is interesting and you're making, and you're making it happen, dude. And that's what's sick. And, and I think it's rad. Um, is there, is there a website that, uh, not, do you, do you have a website for Aquabats? You do, right? Yeah. That's the Aquabats.com. And then there's our, our Facebook and the Aquabats Instagram. It's just the Aquabats. And I'm always posting stupid stuff on that. And, do you have any? Do you have any shows? Any shows coming up? We just did that back to the beach thing. Um, Travis Barker's beach festival. We just did that uh, last weekend. Sick. And then we have a tour coming up. We're going to be on tour starting in July. And there's two work tour reunion shows too. Did you? Are you going to be out there? Are there work tour reunion? I dates? am. 
I am. They, they, uh, Steve yeah, Van Doren. Yeah, we're gonna have the ramp out there, and so. Uh, yeah, yeah. So there's the one that's in New Jersey that's in June, and we'll be there for that. And then there's the one in San Francisco in July, and we'll be there for that. So let's hang in for sure. So stoked, dude! It's like, I think that's where I first saw you guys warp tour. It must have been like the first year I did. It was '96, and I think you guys were probably on it in '96, weren't you? Yeah. What, what about that board in Orange County thing? Did you do that too? I'm sure you were there, right? Remember, it was like. It was, it was at the Velodrome, and it was basically Warped Tour before the Warped Tour. It was called Board, like B-O-A-R-D, in Orange County. Oh, no, was I wasn't. Better, I, I wasn't at that one, no. I thought you were at that one, too. People, was, uh, people imitate me a lot, bro. People try to imitate my style all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, <that's, laughs> you got that look, man. You got that look. They're like, yo! No, I wasn't at that one. Were you guys at that one? Yeah, yeah, but... We played on some like stage at like one in the afternoon. No one was there, but that was that was pretty epic. Sounds like a good guys. Got, in, yeah, sounds like a good guys in black show. Yeah, fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how's the band going, man? What are you guys up to? Oh, it's good, dude. Everything's good. Just, just I keep writing music, doing videos, playing. I mean, by by all means, things are great. I'm super stoked on everything we're doing. So hyped. Hopefully, one day we can play yeah, a show. That, you know, <laughs> you gotta come play with us. That would be awesome. That would be cool. We got some shows coming up in the fall, so yeah, uh, let's just do that then. Okay, cool, man. Hell yeah! Well, dude, you're awesome, and and uh, I'm really stoked I got a chance to talk to you. I'm, I'm I'm hyped, dude. You're a rad dude. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, and I appreciate it. I always looked up to you and thought you're amazing, and just a rad guy. And I can't. I mean, I'm just stuck with friends because you were a legend before we met. So. I'm just some dude, you know. <laughs> Dang, dude! I dude, we're both. Let's put it this way: we're both rad dads, dude. Hey, you know, what? and when it comes down to it, for our generation, that's really all that matters is that we're good dads and we're helping the next generation survive. You know, that's really all that matters. Let's put we it. We had our fun. <laughs> no way, dude! I'm gonna have fun till I'm 100. I'm gonna die when I'm 100. But I'll, I'll say all I had to yeah. say is you're doing something right because your son's listening to Minor Threat, dude. You're doing something right over there, man. <laughs> yeah, he, lo- he loves it, man. He's so into it, and I'm stoked because, you know, everything all his peers and kids at school are listening to is just, like, just dribble on the radio, and he's listening to stuff with dust, you know. I, I dig it. I like I like it that he he's ready to go against the grain. And I, didn't, I did not plant that seed, but it might be in his DNA, so. <laughs> yeah, the rat, rat, rat DNA. Well, hell yeah, hell yeah, dude. Well, I'm stoked, man. Thanks again for everything, and I hope to see you soon, brother. Have a rad day. All right, Rick. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Okay, take care. Bye. Talk to you soon, bro. Bye.